It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. All right, my friends, welcome back. I'm glad you're here at the table, so to speak, right? You're here at Money for Lunch. Uh, we strive to do a couple things. We strive to bring you some worthwhile information, and information that's actionable that you can use in your business or your life, and, and we also try to bring you uh, the people who are doing it, and that way you can pick their brain a little bit, kind of uh, hear what they're doing. And so uh, I'm always glad that you're here and really appreciate the fact that uh, you guys support our show and help us, um, uh, we call it, um, promote the show and and have made it so successful. All right. So quote of the day, we're going to just jump into it. This is a quote uh, by uh, the guy used to be on 2020. He's a journalist named John Stossel. And uh, he's done a lot of neat stuff and and, uh, one of my favorite people. Um, Anyway, people acting on their own self-interest is the fuel for all the discovery, innovation, prosperity that powers the world by John Stossel. People acting in their own self-interest is the fuel for all the discovery, innovation, and prosperity that powers the world. Great, great quote there. Anyway, let's get this party started. I'm excited. My guest today, Johnny Kwok. Johnny Kwok is currently Air Help's Chief Product Officer. Since his start, Johnny was working passionately to expand the product team, build a growth culture, and increase Air Help's overall velocity. Johnny Kwok, welcome to Money for Lunch. How's it going, Bert? Nice to be here. It's good to be here, and I'm excited to be talking about Air Help. Um, and uh, my producer found you guys, and I thought, oh, we got to talk to, we got to get these guys on the air. So why don't you quickly tell our audience what is Air Help? What is it you guys do? Yeah, sure. Um, so the vision of Air Help uh, is to help air passengers, um, and what that looks like today is we get uh, compensation for people who have suffered a delayed flight. We also help people with lost luggage, and we also help people who incur extra expenses when they're delayed. Um, And to be clear, this is compensation. So it's not a refund. It's actually money on top of the refund you would get if you had a delay flight. Okay, so so, uh, just like you said, this is compensation. So my flight is delayed or canceled or whatever, and then so I go to Air Help. And I believe it's airhelp.com, and you guys help me get compensated for my trouble. Yes. Um, so let me go into a little detail of how this works, right? Sure. Um, so uh, within, you know, within the world, there's a legislation called the EC261. And what this legislation says is that all flights within Europe, leaving Europe, and going into Europe with a European airline – is falls under this legislation. And this legislation says that if your flight is delayed three hours or more and it's caused by the airline, which means it's not thunderstorms or a snowstorm or an earthquake, then the airline owes you compensation. And that compensation 
is equ- uh, changes depending on how far the distance you are flying, right? And so what right. AirHelp does is that I don't know if you've ever tried to file a complaint or communicate with an airline, but typically it's not usually the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> and so what we yeah. do is we handle yeah, so it, it's challenging. Um, and so what we do is we take care of all that, let's say, busy work. We do all the communication with airlines. We do all the negotiations. Um, and the best part is if the airline says you are not eligible and you do not get the money, um, but within AirHelp, we have all the global data in the world of what flights are delays and everything. We can actually uh, accurately predict if your flight, in your case, is eligible. So if it's a case where you're eligible, but the airline says no, we actually take this even further, and we actually take them to court in their local headquarters. So we take care of all the legwork, uh, and our users and customers do almost nothing except the bare minimum, and all they do is they receive uh, cash in their bank account when we're done. Wow, that is so cool. And, you know, first of all, I'm glad you said that you made the distinction between the airline's fault and some weather-related stuff. Uh, I am always amused how sometimes people get so irritated uh, because, you know, there is a flight delay, and, and you can clearly see it's storm-related. Or in some, ki- in some cases, it's, you know, it is equipment-related. And, and, you know, my thought is this. Uh, if the pilot doesn't want to get on the plane, then we should probably not want to get on the plane either. Now, having said that, we've all experienced where they put you on the airplane – and then you're waiting on the tarmac for two or three hours. And, and that, to me, is something that the airlines can control, right? I mean, there's no reason, there's no reason to put me on your airplane if you're not going to take off. At that point, leave me back at the airport where I have access to, you know, uh, real food and, and possibly a you know, I can leave the airport or maybe catch another flight or something. And, and, and this is just one of the things that is so frustrating dealing with the, the airlines, Johnny. Yeah. And actually, you know, in a situation like specifically a tarmac delay where you're, you know, on the tarmac and you're sitting there, you actually have rights here as well. And you have rights, especially in America, specifically for this. So if you're on that flight um, up to the first two hours, you're actually, uh, you are entitled to food, water, operational lavatories, and medical care if it comes up. After three hours, you actually have the option to deplane. And after four hours for international flights, you also have the option to deplane. So, you know, you do get some rights there. The problem is, you know, according to our global survey, in America, 92% of all people who fly have no idea they have any air passenger rights. And that is a staggering number because you can imagine what percentage of people actually get the compensation they deserve when they're this delayed. So those two things combined, you know, it's a huge problem. And and it comes down to awareness. People just don't know. No, absolutely. It's crazy. And I think that that number of 92% is uh, mighty on the low side. I I suspect it's at least I thought it would be closer to 98%, but it's a huge amount. It's not something that the airlines want to talk about. And uh, it's, again, it's crazy. I mean, look, 
if you don't want to take off because there's storm or there's an equipment or for whatever reason, great. But don't put me on your plane and put me on the tarmac for two or three hours. So, so walk me through this. Uh, so I, I experience a problem uh, either on my European flight or my U.S. flight. I'm on the tarmac or whatever. Uh, walk me through the process that Air Help goes through to successfully win my case. Uh, you know, obviously I have to go online. I fill out some kind of uh, some information. I supply you the documentation, and then what? What do you guys do from there? Yeah, sure. Um, and actually, I'll go into detail about that little process for for you as well, right? Um, okay. So you enter the basic amount of information, which is your flight number, the from and to, and actually you can enter anybody else you flew with, and we'll actually also handle that. Um, and then from there, we'll ask for some basic documents, like maybe the booking confirmation file um, and then a signature on something like that. And once we have all that, what we do is we communicate with the airlines for all the passengers on your booking. And we discuss with the airline, we go, okay, this person was delayed. Our data in our database shows that this person should get paid. And from there, the airlines, uh, and this is the really strange part, airlines themselves often do not know if a person is eligible or not. Because of all the times airlines have rejected us, 60% of that time, 60% of the time airlines reject a case, they're wrong. And of wow. that 60% that they're wrong, when we go to court, we win 95% of them. So that means pretty much 60% of the time, an airline does not even know. Now, you know, partially you can imagine maybe airlines don't want to pay, or maybe airlines just don't know, because actually having that kind of live data across all airports in all cases is actually not something a lot of airlines have, but we have it. So so once we convince them that that's the case and so on and so forth, we get you the money and we pay you. However, in the case where airlines are really stubborn or they're unresponsive, which is also another tactic, we then take those and we actually sue them in a physical court in local jurisdiction. Um, and like I said, we win 95% of all the cases we take to court. And for you as the customer, you do nothing except for that initial first part. Wow. Right. So, okay. So, uh, so how, um, uh, as the consumer, uh, does it cost me money up front to retain your services? Are you guys working on a contingency fee? Talk about that. Yeah, so we do a no fee, no you know, no win, no fee model, which okay. is uh, until you get paid, you don't pay anything. So what we do is we get you your money, and then we take 25, uh, 25% of it as a service fee. And that's it. But you obviously don't have to pay a dollar upfront for us to start all the work. Uh, and you'll just get the money available in your account to take it. And that's that. Wow. That is cool. Yeah. You know what? And it's about time. I'm grateful for air help. I think this is very innovative. Uh, I think that it's about time somebody's done this because, you know, it, nowadays it's gotten very scary, at least here in the U.S., to even assert your rights. Uh, you know, we've seen multiple airlines who have gone ballistic when, uh, what do you call it, uh, consumers have asserted their rights. And, you know, the, the uh, what do you call it, the, the airline industry or the airlines have 
a team of lawyers on their side, and they have the you know they have the ability to uh, uh, to put out whatever propaganda or publicity they want. So uh, I'm grateful that uh, you guys started Air Help, and uh, and I think that you know this is a huge market opportunity. Uh, so how long has Air Help been around? Um, this year would be our sixth year in existence. Um, yeah, so we started around, yeah, 2014 or so. Yes, yeah, six years. Wow, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, and so uh, you mentioned that um, as far as eligibility goes, Johnny, that that if you are a U.S. passenger and you get stuck on the, on the tarmac for more than, is it two hours, you might be entitled to compensation, or is it more than three hours? Yeah, so, uh, so let me separate those things a little bit. So being yeah. stuck on the tarmac, you, do, you have some rights. So you have food, you have water, you have access to laboratories, and you have medical aid if necessary. Once it gets past, gets past three hours, you can deplane. However, when it comes to compensation, the only thing that really matters is did you get where you should have got within a reasonable amount of time. And reasonable is defined by three hours. So if you're stuck on the tarmac for, let's say, three hours, and you have to leave the tarmac, and then you have to get another flight, and you end up arriving there 10 hours late or the next day or whatever, you are entitled to compensation, unless the reason is a snowstorm or earthquake or things like that. So right. all that matters is what time you actually got to land in your destination. Now, this is also interesting. Um, you can imagine a scenario where you fly through, let's say, uh, New York to London, London to Paris. And let's say your flight from New York to London was only delayed 20 minutes, okay? And you arrive in London 20 minutes late. However, there's a time in which it takes you to transfer to the next gate for your flight to London to Paris. And we have data of how long it takes people to transfer between gates. So when you're late 20 minutes, but you end up missing your flight to Paris from London because the gate is too far, we have that data. That, and then you end up missing your flight to uh, Paris, so you land on your destination, let's say, six hours late or the next day or whatever. You're also entitled to compensation in this case. Um, and we also win cases in which people just miss running to their gate when the flight is, let's say, slightly delayed before. So this also happens very commonly. Yeah. Uh, so are you guys taking advantage of an AI type of uh, framework or algorithm? I don't know, whatever the, ter whatever the correct term is, but are you guys able to compile all this data using AI or, or how do you guys uh, manage that data? Yeah. So what we look at is um, we look at a lot of different attributes. So for example, um, all the flights that fly globally, uh, all the percentages of all the flights that are delayed or on time at every single airport. We look at that, we compare all the weather statistics in the world, and we monitor all the news channels for, let's say, strikes by airlines or labor union uh, issues or you know, broken runways, all that. And we gather all that in a huge database. And then we use artificial intelligence to assess every single claim that comes into air help according to those attributes and then make a decision. And the decisions we make with our AI are very accurate. Like I mentioned earlier, we don't really ever 
make mistakes because most of the time, like the huge portion, 95% of the time, we are right. Um, and so we take pretty much every single data point that's possible when it comes to flight delays, pump it into an artificial uh, intelligence model, and that spits out an answer for us, right? Um, and then when we take you, when we take the exact claim to court with the airlines, we also use the artificial intelligence model to understand what is the best jurisdiction to move forward with this case, uh, and it also gives us the best chance for success and all that stuff. Um, so yes, we use a lot of artificial intelligence in a company, um, a ton of algorithms, all those stuff, um, but they all come from very basic rules. It's just that when we add in a, a multitude of layer of different attributes and different variables all over the world, it becomes a bit harder as a human to make these assessments, right? So that's right. why we use something uh, like artificial intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. So let's talk about this. Uh, you guys have been around, uh, you've been doing this for uh, going on six years. Uh, and as far as, um, let's say, um, I guess, we're just now starting, you know, 2019, um, uh, but let's talk about 2018. Um, you know, uh, how many consumers did you guys help in 2018? Do you have, do you have by chance some kind of estimate of, 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 uh, of how many people you're able to help last year? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, we see AirHelp as a, as a very long-term thing. And in the last six years we've been alive, um, we've helped over 10 million passengers across Whoa. 188 countries. Yes, 10 million passengers. Um, and this year, um, yeah, we're going to make a huge you know, addition to that number as well. Uh, and we're talking over 188 different countries. So it doesn't matter where you live. Um, if, you, if you fly within the jurisdictions that we, we understand, we can help you. Uh, and we're expanding those jurisdictions as well as this year. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. That's incredible. So uh, that, that's a huge, huge number. Uh, and, you know, what's, what's uh, uh, interesting to me is uh, it, it's, it's just one of those situations where, uh, again, I'm glad that, that, that you guys put this together because there's so many people that, that otherwise would just get – taking advantage of by the airline industry. Let me ask you this, because we talked about delays uh, quite a bit. I want to talk about something that I think happens more often than delays, and I could be wrong. Uh, I want to talk about, you know, lost luggage or damaged luggage or even delayed luggage, which I always find kind of weird when your luggage gets there, you know, a day later or whatever. But so, so let's talk about what should – a passenger do if their luggage is let's say damaged or lost or delayed yeah absolutely um so one of the things that's very important to understand about luggage um and this actually has to happen before it gets lost um i always advise as a very easy to do before you travel every time is just open up your luggage and take a photo of everything inside your luggage before you travel. Mm. Every trip, just open your luggage, take a photo, okay? Because that is going to be very useful later. Okay, so as soon as you land and you're told your luggage is lost or delayed or whatever, the first thing you need to do is in that day, you need to go to the office and you need to get a report of it being lost. That is super, super, super important. From there, what happens is, 
um, you know, from there, all you need is that receipt, and you can actually use air help, and we actually do the rest of the work. Um, and according to a lot of different laws, specifically one called the Montreal Convention, which is an agreement between 120 different countries in the world, um, lost luggage or misplaced luggage is compensated up to uh, $1,525, right? So that's wow. quite a significant amount of money. And and that's for damaged luggage, right? And then the, the, the airline will actually offer to replace or repair the damage. However, if it's too broken or whatever, of course, they would then have to figure a way to reimburse you. But the important thing here is you have items inside your luggage that are fragile. And those things you must negotiate or we must negotiate for you with the airline. But it's a lot easier to negotiate if you have a photo of all the stuff in there. So always, always, always take photos of your luggage before you travel. That is the one most important thing you can do as a traveler. Man, yeah. I've never thought about that, but that makes total sense. Uh, yes. <laughs> it, it, it makes total sense because you, you do the same thing. You're supposed to do the same thing at your home, right? So your insurance knows that, those are, that you had that stuff in your house. And so to me, it makes total sense, especially, you know, if you're going on a business trip, you pack differently than if you're going for a, uh, a casual or vacation trip. So you might take with you, depending on, on that trip, you might take with you two or three uh, expensive suits and maybe some shoes and, and, and uh, just uh, different accessories as opposed to on a vacation, maybe it's just going to be, you know, casual clothing and shorts and some bathing suits. So there could be a massive price difference depending on what kind of trip you're taking. And also, it could be huge depending on how long you plan to be there. So if it's a weekend getaway, well, you're going to pack differently than if you're going there for two weeks. So uh, I love that idea, Johnny, of taking a picture of all your stuff. And, and, and then, of course, as you mentioned, grabbing a uh, filing a claim that day and getting that receipt or that documentation vitally important. Yeah. Um, and so regarding expensive suits and maybe jewelry or things like that, right. Uh, take a picture of obviously the stuff in there, but also of the really expensive items, try to have a receipt just in case, like you maybe had in right. the past or maybe you took a photo of it, whatever, um, because they're, they're typically willing to pay up to even $3,500. Um, and if it's even more than that, then that has to be negotiated with the airline. But the most important thing is take a photo of, it, of your stuff. Hopefully you have receipts of the most major stuff. And don't forget to file this report. And the name of this report you file at the airport, it's called a PIR, also known as a Property Irregularity, Irregularity Report. PIR, Property Irregularity yep. Report. I love it. And – uh that's amazing to me, man. I, I uh, you know, again, 95%, 98%, I know you said 92%, but a large percentage of individuals <laughs> listening to this show today have no idea that they have rights that, that they could be compensated for possibly being stuck on the tarmac, possibly, uh, you know, having uh, flight delays or cancellations or, uh, lost luggage or damaged luggage, you know, and and even if they've been denied, maybe they've already communicated with the airline industry or the airline that they traveled on and they've been denied a claim, they can still probably go to AirHelp and say, hey, can you look at my case, right? That's, uh, that's 
actually the case, right? Because once an airline ignores you as a consumer or gives you a negative response, what are you supposed to do as an individual? You're not going to go and hire a lawyer because a lawyer would cost you $150, $200 an hour. doesn't make any sense, right? So that's right. where we come in. We, we have all those costs really optimized, right? We, we bundle all our cases together, and we have you know, a huge network of lawyers in every country. So it doesn't make sense for any individual to pursue, which, which makes sense why the airlines have the strategy to ignore it or whatever, right? So right. It, it, it's just uh, – and that's why it makes sense for airlines to ignore customers because customers give up eventually because they don't know what to do next. So this knowledge is completely lost. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. No, I mean, it's, it's like I said, I'm grateful for Air, Air Help. I'm glad that you guys are around. The, the website is airhelp.com, Air, A-I-R, help, H-E-L-P.com. Is that correct? Correct. Airhelp.com. Uh, Johnny, I want to say thank you so much for stopping by. I look forward to uh, – maybe catching up with you guys later and, and finding out how you guys are doing. Super. Thank you so much, Bert. It was a pleasure, and I uh, hope to talk to you soon. All righty. Good stuff there from Johnny Guac. Uh, and this idea, this innovative idea called Air Health, uh, is going to be a game changer. In just short years, six short years, it helped 10 million consumers. I love innovative ideas. I love when people like Johnny and, and his team there at airhelp.com are able to make a difference. And this is fantastic. Let's share this episode with anybody that you know that travels. Let them know that there is air help available for their travels. I think this is something that's going to be a huge game changer. As always, my friends, thank you so much for stopping by. And remember, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.